This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco free. It's nicotine free. It's even sugar free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Atlanta is burning. No, we are not doing a Civil War show tonight. Statues are coming down. Bases might be renamed. And finally, 
an absolute legend of the ramen game. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. Well, sadly, we can put Atlanta and the Dirty South on the list of cities that are on fire, ruined. We had a police shooting. Don't worry. I'm going to get to that in just a moment, and I'll give you the proper disclaimers once we get there. But we had a police shooting in Atlanta. The shooting was hard. Police work is hard. Pulled over a guy. As you'll see from the video we show, the guy resists. The guy takes away one of the cop's tasers. The guy turns around, points it at the cop. Cop opens fire. Rashard Brooks is dead. Now, timing in life, in pretty much all areas of your life, is everything. If we're on vacation, sipping Mai Tais on a beach somewhere, and my wife had previously made some spaghetti I didn't necessarily like, I should probably wait till we're on vacation for the most part, sipping those Mai Tais, and I can go, hey, honey, that spaghetti with a little too much salt. And she'd probably be like, you know, you're right, I'll cut back on it next time. Or I can walk in the door when she's had a long day with the sons, and she looks like she has flames coming out of her eyes, and the house is burning down around her, and say, hey, would you make some spaghetti tonight and go easy on the salt? Not like that crap you made last time. I essentially said the same thing, but timing is everything. And bad luck being what bad luck is, it was all time bad timing to have a police shooting justified or not in the middle of American cities burning over police brutality, police racism, whatever excuse people are using these days to steal some shoes from Foot Locker. That's just the truth. And now Atlanta's on fire. They're shutting down the major highways. There are flames. It looks like the place got bombed. And you know what we don't have very much of in America? We don't have very many people who are sober, logic people. I don't mean sober as in not drinking enough Bud Heavies. I mean just let's calm down. Let's slow down. Let's analyze each and every case as it comes. And this is why I've been so against any federal legislation that deals with the cops. You know, the Democrats have legislation out there. Our Republican Tim Scott has legislation out there. They're going to be voting on one. Rest assured, they're going to pass one. Somebody's going to pass something. And it's me and like five other people in the country who are saying, wait, what? Why? We don't need a bill to prove how anti-racist we are. Different cities have different problems. And on top of this, you ready for this? I know this is going to be shocking. Each and every time a cop has to use his weapon, a cop has a violent confrontation with somebody, they each have their own tale. Is that shocking? I know that's amazing, but there's not just one story behind every single one. And anybody telling you there is only one story, one cause between every single violent confrontation with cops and criminals, that person is either a simpleton or they think you're a simpleton. This Richard Brooks story, this Richard Brooks video, this is not what happened to Floyd up in, up in Minneapolis. This is not an extended video of a cop choking a guy out to death with a knee on the back of his neck. This is a violent confrontation at night 
with somebody pointing a deadly weapon at a cop. Those are apples and oranges. Because the color of the dead man is the same doesn't mean the cases are the same. Stop acting like complicated issues are simple. They're not. Now, time for the ultimate disclaimer. You know I don't like disclaimers. I don't put them on when I say something, but I do put them on when I'm about to show a video. I'm not sure I want your kids to see. I know you sit down and watch this with your kids. We don't do any dirty stuff on the show. I'm aware that you watch with your kids. I love that you watch with your kids. I'm always going to do a family-friendly show here. However, when there's something violent, especially something involving the death of somebody, I like to let you know. So if your kids are not ready for this Richard Brooks incident, it's not overly gory, but it's what happened, have them close their eyes for a minute or so. Here's what actually happened. All right, I think you've had too much to drink to be driving. So put your hands behind your back for me. Yeah, put your hands behind your back. Hey, hey, stop fighting. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. You're gonna get tased. You're gonna get tased. You're gonna get tased. Stop. Stop. You're gonna get tased. Stop. Stop. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. Stop Ugly. I think you had to see it. Ugly. But remember, I'm not Mr. Pro-Cop in all scenarios. Well, I was crushing that cop in Minneapolis and still do. What are they supposed to do? They're handcuffing the man. He decides, for whatever reason, he doesn't want to go. Wrestles with him. Cop loses a hold of his taser. What are they supposed to do? What would you do? We need police officers, right? Let's remember, before you armchair quarterback, before I armchair quarterback, these are deadly confrontations. And far more cops are killed every year in these kind of confrontations than cops kill other people. These are what actually happens. It's the middle of the night. It's you and a partner. You're trying to arrest somebody. You're all alone in a dark parking lot. He starts to fight and takes away your taser. I'm not saying every shooting's perfect. I'm not saying this one's perfect. I would never say all cops are perfect. There are, of course, some scummy ones out there. That's just the nature of the beast. But let's remember, before we armchair quarterback, what they actually go through. That is not a scenario I would wish on anybody. And you're making split-second life-or-death decisions, hoping you get home to see the wife and kids again. Remember that. Ben Carson said something. And I think this is a situation that is not clear-cut, you know, like the callous murder that occurred in Minnesota. And uh, it really requires uh, some heads of people who actually know what should be done under these circumstances to make judgment. Why do you say, sir, it's not clear-cut? 
because in the case uh, in, in Minnesota, uh, there was a, an officer who was clearly in the process. No, no, of I understand that one, but why was the Atlanta case not clear-cut? Uh, because we don't know uh, what was in the mind of the officer when somebody turns around and points a weapon at him. Uh, is is he absolutely sure that that's a, a, a non-lethal weapon? Uh, you know, this is not a clear-cut circumstance. Now, could it have been handled uh, better? And certainly, in retrospect, there probably are other ways to do things. But again, we don't know. We, the public, don't know. And understand this, that was kind of wishy-washy for me, but understand this. Again, you'll have people, and this may be legitimate, we can have this argument about each and every case, because remember, each case is its own. What should he have done? What shouldn't he have done? If somebody says, well, they shouldn't have shot him, then what should they have done? You have a criminal now. The criminal's in possession of the non-lethal taser the cop dropped, the criminal took from him, He's taking off running. What do you want them to do? They can't call for Batman. That's in the movies. Are you saying you want them to let him go? That should be the new policy across the country? Ah, just let him go. Do you think that encourages or discourages bad behavior? Understand, if you're going to criticize what happened, offer solutions. If you offer solutions, be prepared to defend those solutions. Donald Trump is fond of saying, I'm done more for black people than, Ab than anyone since Abraham Lincoln and things like that. Now, I will say this. There's no need to do that. Donald Trump uh, has a higher percentage of the black vote as far as a Republican goes than any Republican has had for some time. His prison reform bill is outstanding. There are, every black person I know will tell you their family members and friends, more of them vote for Trump than will ever admit voting for Trump just because it's not deemed acceptable. But he doesn't necessarily have to come out and say it. Carson kind of agrees. I think I've done more for the black community than any other president. And let's take a pass on Abraham Lincoln because he did good, although it's always questionable. Do you stand by that claim? Well, I will say, rather than get into an argument about who's done the, the most, what has in fact been done. You know, the opportunity zones were designed in order to bring money into areas that are traditionally neglected, and that's been quite successful. Uh, prison reform has been uh, quite successful. It's just the first step. There are other things that need to be done. Uh, making funding for the HBCUs regular rather than done on an annual basis and increasing the amount of money for that. That's been very useful. And, you know, there are other things that have been useful. So to get into an argument about who's done the most probably is not productive, but it is good to acknowledge the things that have been done. Okay. I don't think you have to compare. And look, this is something Trump has been focused on. Trump is all about this, you know, I'm going to go for this vote and that vote. I understand many Republicans are focused on it. I don't like that focus. I like to focus on everybody, even when it's something positive. I don't like the, well, you have to focus on Hispanics. You better focus on black people. Hey, what about the whites? We whites need something. I don't like any of that. 
I think it's all divisive. I think you should speak to people as if they're Americans. Everybody. Just Americans. I brought up Tim Scott, so might as well let him have his say. Here he is. The House bill uh, reduces money or takes money away from states on the chokehold issue. We take it from the departments, department by department. Uh, on the qualified immunity, something that you mentioned, uh, we would, I would be interested in decertification of officers. Uh, the left says that's a union issue that's kind of hard to get at. Qualified immunity on the mm -hmm. right, that's an issue that most Republicans don't like at all, to include myself. So the question is, is there a path forward that we take a look at the necessity of eliminating bad behavior within our law enforcement community? Is there a path forward? I think we'll find that. I'm not sure that it's qualified right. immunity. It seems like it won't be decertification. But there's going to be more information provided to the public so that we can make concrete decisions. But if we're that close on making progress. I hope we don't let partisanship get in the way. Of course. We're not going to let partisanship get in the way. Stop me if you've heard this before. Republicans are just going to join with Democrats and they're going to have a big compromise on a new federal law. <laughs> what could go wrong? It's genius. Good grief. All right. All that may have made you uncomfortable but I'm right. Now, you know what makes me uncomfortable? When I look and I see there are hmm, 40, million, 40 million Americans still unemployed and the stock market's still high. If you're looking at that and trying to make sense of that and it's not quite making sense, I mean, every day we have new news about business closures and people going under and the stock market's still high. Hmm. Yeah, people. You know that trees don't go to the don't grow to the skies. The old saying goes: stock markets don't go up, 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 up forever. They do not. They always have a correction, a crash. Not sure which way you want to put it, but I will put it to you like this: if you have all of your retirement funds in the stock market, man, you have redefined playing with fire. Do you know how long precious metals have been valuable? pretty much since the beginning of mankind. They were, they are, they will always be. Diversify where you invest your money with Birch Gold. B-I-R-C-H. Go to birchgold.com slash jesse. That's birchgold.com slash jesse. Just go there, get a free packet, find out about it. Birchgold.com slash jesse. We'll be back. I have to admit, you and I probably don't feel the same way about certain things, and this is why. You're a decent person, almost undoubtedly. Now, I'm sure you have your flaws. We all do. Well, everyone but me. But in all seriousness, you have your flaws, but you're a decent person. I, on the other hand, I don't know why, was probably born a little like this. Probably got some of this from my dad. Marine Corps probably did some. Whatever the case may be, I lack empathy, according to my wife. I am a borderline sociopath, I would say. So I don't look at everything the way you look at things, the way most of the public looks at things. And I don't look at 
clear-cut situations where somebody has decided they are my enemy and constantly try to make excuses for them. You know, they're okay. Well, they just want to they just want a little more of this, a little more of that. And I am blown away by people on the right. I'm not talking about the left, by people on the right who are constantly assigning the best motives to people with terrible motives. What I'm talking about is simply this. This new debate about renaming army bases that are named for Confederate generals, tearing down Confederate statues, so on and so on and so on. I expect the left to demand these things because leftists are miserable, insane people. They're also soft as butter, and they don't have anything in life. Let's be honest. And for being frank, and I'm not trying to be mean here, do you think there's a single person out there with a good family, and a good job, and his girlfriend's really hot, and he drives a nice car, and, you know, great career, everything's going fine, who's out there talking about tearing down statues and renaming army bases, being a real activist on it? No, of course not. That's the work of somebody miserable with no direction in life. But these people on the right, who somehow think, well, they're burning down America's cities and they're tearing down the statues. I mean, maybe we should rename the Confederate ones. I mean, I don't like the Confederacy. I'm not a, I'm not a racist. Wait, what? That is like me walking in the door of my house tonight and finding a gunman in there with my family tied up and a, and a gun held to their heads and him, he and I having a long discussion about how we should change the drapes in my living room. Uh, no, you can get out or we're going to have a problem. You don't start negotiating with these people, and so many people on the right are so interested in just giving them a little more, and then they'll be happy. Well, I mean, it's Robert E. Lee. We don't like him, right? Just give a little more, and then they'll be happy. Or give a little more, and then, <laughs> look how not racist I am. Did you see that? I came out, and I wanted to change the name of that Confederate Army base. <laughs> I'm the king of the not racists. It's embarrassing. Stop assigning the best motives to these freaking scumbags. They don't actually care. <laughs> they don't actually care about the Civil War. They don't care about the Confederacy. And if you actually believe any one of these dirtballs is somehow actually caring about the Confederacy, please get yourself checked out. Get some professional help because you are so stupid, you probably should not function in society. These people, they just want to destroy. They want to destroy everything. That's how they do with the Confederacy. They're destroying everything. They want to destroy everything. They want to destroy everything that is good, everything that is beautiful, everything that is right, because they are miserable, and miserable people universally want everyone around them to be miserable. Stop being such a chump and listening to their concerns. Oh, I think we should change the army base. Oh, gosh, that's so freaking embarrassing. And besides, let's just note this. Um, the Confederacy was part of America. It's complicated. You try to simplify everything. I try to simplify everything because it makes life easier to consume, right? But remember, in all things, it's complicated. Remember that Robert E. Lee guy? The evil racist, everyone likes to act like he's Heinrich Himmler. Yeah, if you actually look into Robert E. Lee, he's 
one of the most honorable, duty-bound men who ever lived. There's a reason Abraham Lincoln asked Robert E. Lee to head up the Union Army. Robert E. Lee, who loved the state of Virginia, said, I can't invade my own state. And let's remember, speaking of Abe, not that I have anything against Abraham Lincoln. I'm sure, Lincoln, I'm sure he was a great man. Saint Abe, you know, we all have to worship Abraham Lincoln, the king of the not racists. Abraham Lincoln, if you actually read a history book, openly told the South several times, no, 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 you can keep your slaves, just come back in the Union. Abraham Lincoln was mad about the secession. Oh, he was an abolitionist, don't get me wrong, he didn't like slavery, but several times. St. Abe, what, no, no, keep the slaves, oh, keep owning people, just come back in the Union. And again, I'm not indicting Abe, I'm not praising Robert E. Lee, I'm saying then, and now, and in the future, it will pay for all of us to remember people are complicated. People are good and bad. Conflicts are complicated. With the exception of Nazi Germany versus everyone else, very, very rarely even does open combat involve a good guy and a bad guy. Things are complicated. So when I see things like this, Lankford, a senator from Oklahoma, I, I mean, all I can do is fill my hands up. It's time to stop having uh, military bases named after Confederate generals like Braxton Bragg. Is it time? I do, actually. I think the right way to be able to do this is to be able to have a study, to be able to look at where the name come from, what, what do we need to have to be able to take a serious look at it, and then to be able to transition. There are lots of great leaders, military leaders that are around the country that are modern leaders uh, that we can continue to be able to honor and uh, continue to be able to put names forward. But I, I see it like schools. Uh, every school has a name, and you want those children in that school to be able to learn about the, the founder of that school or the name, the person that school is named after, and to be able to have them as a role model. You would have that on a military base as well. Um, there were role models who served in the Confederacy. Is that radical? I know somebody will yell about it, but yes, the cause was horrible. Slavery is disgusting. It's the scourge of humanity. But let's stop acting like the armies of the North were angels and the armies of the South were a bunch of Nazis. That's not how it was. They were complicated times. And as another quick side note, I have to point this out. You have people like that senator right there and all across the media on both sides, all saying the thing. What are they saying? They're saying the thing that won't get them yelled at, aren't they? I mean, I don't care about getting yelled at. That's why I say everything. But they're saying the thing that, well, that's not going to catch me any heat. Whew, I bet they're going to love me at the cocktail parties this Friday. If you're the type of person who always goes along with what everybody else is doing because it doesn't catch you any heat and it makes you feel accepted, I have some really, really, really tough news for you. You ready for this? You would have fought for the Confederacy if you were in the South what everyone else was doing. You see, you can't be the type of person who goes along to get along now and then look back in history and say, well, I would have defied that order. No, you wouldn't have. Sheep, no, you wouldn't have. You'd have been right there with a rebel yell and a musket in your hands. Don't lie. Don't lie. All right. Um, I believe everybody with half a brain said they weren't going to stop about the Confederacy because it's not about the Confederacy. Here's a statue of Thomas Jefferson. 
Everybody help! Everybody! Come on, we all need everybody! TJ! Big win. We're definitely courting some really, really, really solid people in this country. And I notice law enforcement's nowhere to be found. Everybody under orders from their politicians hiding under their beds as the dirty, disgusting hippies in our society who are now weaponized, try to destroy everything that makes America. They're not trying to destroy anything because of slavery or racism. They're trying to destroy everything that makes America, America, because that is the only way you can get out your angst, and it is the only way you can rebuild this nation into something it's not. You need a good night's sleep tonight and you need one tomorrow and the next night and the next night and the next night you spend a third of your life in bed so tell me this why are you spending that third of your life staring at the ceiling staring at the clock thinking oh my goodness it's 1 a.m i'm gonna die tomorrow you don't have to do that right you know you don't have to do that there are solutions out there and i don't mean more pills the solution is not another bottle of sleeping pills that you can pop and sleep for 19 hours and still wake up tired. You need real natural sleep, and Ebb Sleep allows you to get that. It is a wearable device. You put it on your head. It applies precise, continuous cooling to your forehead area, putting you asleep and keeping you asleep. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse at checkout. Get 25 bucks off. Start sleeping again. We'll be back. Joining me now is TV host John Cardillo. John, you're also a former NYPD police officer, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today. I have this ongoing argument with people as they want sweeping police reform here and sweeping police reform there as if each and every violent confrontation between a cop and a civilian is always the same reason, always the same situation. John, are there different reasons to have violent confrontations or were one sweeping law just fix all of it? Yeah, I mean, look, I worked in a one square mile command, Jesse, in the Bronx, one of the busiest in New York City. We would turn out 12 to 14 cars for one square mile on a Saturday night. And there were probably 200 different reasons on a busy night why police had to use force, as we said, affect force in the course of their official duties. So this this one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter approach is ludicrous, but worse, it's deadly. It's going to get civilians, innocents, and police officers hurt or killed. John, I just saw the NYPD is eliminating its plainclothes police. They're in an effort for more community policing. Now, for those of us who are not initiated in law enforcement, is this a good thing, a bad thing? Tell us about plainclothes. Terrible, absolutely terrible. Plainclothes officers, uh, uh, they, they, they have a vital, a critical role in law enforcement. I worked on a couple of details where we were plainclothes in the crowd alongside the mayor at the time in the 90s, the Secretary of State, you're you're blending in. You need to not have the bad guys know who you are. This is a feel-good, very far-left response. You know, Jesse, it's what we call a solution 
to a non-problem. It sounds great. Oh, we're going to give police accountability. We're going to eliminate plainclothes officers. In reality, what you're doing is just simply putting a big neon sign out there for the bad guys saying, here are the cops. And anybody with a nefarious motive that might otherwise be caught by a plainclothes officer is now going to be able to get away with whatever violent thing they're going to do. It's, it's, it's ludicrous. It's mind-boggling, actually. John, I'm actually extremely worried about poor people in these big cities, and I say that for this reason. At the end of this whole thing, we're yep. burning down all these cities. The people in the crappiest neighborhoods who aren't criminals, who are trying to get by, who are preyed on by the criminals in their neighborhood, they're going to have fewer cops. The violent criminals are going to be more and more emboldened. Their life's going to suck even worse than it already did, and not one single person is going to step up and say, man, maybe it wasn't the cops' fault. Yeah, look, the most racist narrative I could think of is abolish the police, hashtag defund the police. You just nailed it. In fact, former police commissioner Ray Kelly of the NYPD, a guy that I had my issues with as a cop, was right. He said what you just said. He said the, the people most affected are going to be the poor. I'm paraphrasing a bit. I worked in a 99%, probably 99.8% non-white command, one of the busiest in the city. The 4-6 precinct, 7-5 precinct, same way, one of the busiest in the city. The calls for service in any major police department or sheriff's office typically come from neighborhoods of color where 97, 98% of the residents are good, hardworking people struggling to make ends meet. The criminal element is two to 4% at best. So we're placating the criminal element and we're ignoring all of the working poor, all of the working middle class, all of the working, struggling single mothers who need police protection. But Jesse, it's not just police protection. You're going to see fire, sanitation, uh, FedEx, UPS, US mail delivery, EMS, all affected in these areas because they don't have police to escort them. You know, EMS and fire are shot at, UPS, FedEx, US mail, they're, they're, they're robbed at gunpoint. If you eliminate the police, there's a residual effect of all other services being eliminated. It's really tragic for those lowest income areas. John, this shooting, Rashard Brooks shooting in Atlanta. Now, again, I don't view the Rashard Brooks shooting the same way I looked at that horrible shooting in many, or not shooting, that horrible violent confrontation in Minneapolis because it didn't look anything like it. He, it you see it, we showed the video, against my better judgment maybe, but we showed him wrestling. We show him take possession of the taser, run away, turn and point it. Is a taser a non-lethal weapon in the hands of a criminal? No, and look, people are looking at this the wrong way, right? I mean, look, there's one common denominator, and it's not race, in, in pretty much every police use of force incident that's controversial, and that's some a subject resisting pretty much violently, right? But let's look at this differently. If the police had just let as some people on social media, Twitter in particular, are saying, Richard Brooks just walked to his sister's house. Well, when the police left, what if he got into a car and drove off drunk and killed a family? With that taser that looks very much like a real firearm, he could have carjacked someone, got into a vehicle immediately thereafter, running from the police, and killed a family, plowed into a school bus returning from some kind of activity. Granted, kids are out of school, but people are out there doing things. The police would, were damned if they did, damned if they didn't, because if they didn't act, and God forbid he got into a vehicle and killed someone, they would have been punished the same way they're being punished now for taking what I believe is appropriate within policy and justifiable police action. And unfortunately, 
The reality of policing is sometimes you need to use deadly force. One more point I want to make, not to belabor it. There's a Supreme Court precedent case, Tennessee v. Garner. The police can use deadly force on a fleeing suspect if they can reasonably assume and articulate that suspect poses a threat of deadly physical injury or death to the public. I would say somebody who was DUI over the legal limit running away who could potentially get in a vehicle with a police taser poses such a threat. I I stand by the cops in this one. John Cardillo, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Jesse. All right, we got a lot more for you. Hang on. Joining me now, an old colleague of mine. I mean, she's not old. I'm old. Whatever, let's just get to the guest. Amanda Head, founder of the Hollywood Conservative. Amanda, um, why are you still in California? Uh, of all of the questions you should you could ask, I think that might actually be the one I don't have an answer for. Actually, I do. You know, my husband works in Hollywood, and uh, this is where we're posted up for now. But but make no mistake, don't get it twisted. Every single opportunity I get to rib him about getting out of this godforsaken state, I do. Amanda, have you seen it? I know you're not originally from there. I know that you're from the South, but have you seen it just in your time there change? Or is this, do we make too much of that now because of the social media world? Has it just always been an insane place? Only now everybody has a tweet and a picture about it. Yeah, it has always been insane. However, um, it has definitely exploded over the last, how long have I lived here? 14 years. Um, Even just my last apartment where I lived prior to where I live now since I got married, even in the course of the 10 years that I lived there, it changed. The area where I lived in Hollywood was a pretty decent area. Um, You know, I could walk around the streets at night and not worry about anything. And let me tell you, at this point, I would never, ever walk around that hood because that's exactly what it is. It is a hood now. And that's kind of the result of Democrat policies that have destroyed pretty much all of LA with the exception of places like Beverly Hills that have their own little pseudo governing body, de facto, you know, legislature there within their own community. And then over in like the more sane parts of LA, the outskirts, you might call it the Valley, uh, Burbank, places like that. It's still pretty normal here, but give it time because I'm sure it'll change. Speaking of Democrat policies, we had, I mean, everybody remembers, we had two months of coronavirus this, coronavirus that, you're going to die, grandma's going to die, everyone's going to die, wear a mask, and we're all going to die. And California was, I mean, they were exhibit A for how insane governments can get when it comes to these lockdowns. Then, because apparently everyone got bored or something, we moved on to the riots where we burnt down every American city, and you can now see them transitioning back. There's a spike in everything, and we have Democrat politicians like Cuomo and others saying, I'm going to lock you all down again. Do you think even crazy California liberals are going to go for this a second time? I mean, crazier things have happened, literally. What's funny is that here in California, uh, comparably speaking, obviously we're the most populous state in the country. We had a relatively low number of cases. And when I hear people talking about the spikes that are happening right now in Florida and other states have reopened, they're talking about case numbers. And and I get so irritated with people and I have to, I have to restrain myself and refrain from calling people mm-hmm. nincompoops. Because if you don't extrapolate out from the data, from the positive case numbers, 
numbers and extend that to numbers of hospitalizations and the fatality rate, then you're just throwing a stupid number against the wall and complaining about it because case numbers, at this point, we are testing 100 times more than we were two months ago. So yeah, you're gonna get more positive cases, but Gavin Newsom, who in the beginning of all this COVID crisis was actually pretty chummy with President Trump and they were working uh, in, in concert with each other to try to figure out the best way forward for states like California. And then all of a sudden, a month ago, Gavin Newsom announced, nope, we're going to stay shut down. Everything's going to be closed until the end of July. And then two days later, he did an about face and said, we're going to move on to the next phase of reopening. It includes restaurants with certain stipulations. The next step down the line is opening gyms and things like that. And it's like, I really, Jesse, I really do wonder if they're just bored and they're just like trolling us and yanking our chain and giving us, you know, emotional whiplash as far as whether we're going to open or close. Do you think they really were horrified by the crowds they saw during all these riots and just were too scared of offending their base or something like that? And that's pretty much the only reason why they weren't speaking out about it? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, especially, you know, you look at the LAPD and look, there, there's corruption in every organization across the country, but LAPD historically has major, major issues with corruption. You've got a police chief and, uh, you know, county sheriff who are are on that side of the aisle, and they are folks who do, they, they have either been uh, you know, impose this themselves or the onus has been put down on them by Democrat leadership. Look, these people who are rioting, these are our people. So don't push back too hard. And it's not obviously just here in Los Angeles. You've got Sacramento PD uh, corruption issues there as well. And I'm not saying that every police department across the country deals with this corruption, but we do know here in Los Angeles, LAPD waiting, dating way back to the mob days in the 60s, that there's a major corruption issue and it almost always lands at the feet of Democrats. But because this city and because this state is so liberal, nobody really wants to point that out. Amanda, I've been a big believer and remain a big believer in cities and jurisdictions policing their own police, if for lack of a better way to put it. I don't like federal laws. I don't write like Republican federal laws. I don't like Democrat federal laws. Everybody's worshiping at the altar of Tim Scott because he has a new police reform bill. I don't think the federal government has that authority at all. And if L.A. has a problem with L.A.'s cops, then L.A. should fix that problem. Am I wrong? Policing is absolutely no different from practically every other issue. I am a big believer in a teeny, teeny, tiny federal government and the government expanding as you get down to the local level. And when it comes to federal mandates on police or, or pretty much anything else, you know, our founding fathers in their infinite wisdom set up states as laboratories of democracy. You try things out in a state, look at Colorado. They tried out the whole shroom thing. It's going relatively well for them, I guess. And so other states might start legalizing other forms of formerly illegal substances. Policing is no different. You've got a city like Los Angeles who needs a police force in the hundreds of thousands, and you're going to use the same tactics and you're going to mandate the same regulations for LAPD as you would, you know, Homestock, California that has... I don't know, maybe 50 people on their staff. It doesn't make sense. There is not a one-size-fits-all policy for every police department across America. And I will tell you, there are folks on the right who believe in big government too. They might say they don't, but Jesse, you and I have railed on these people together in the past, the people who have an R next to their name, but they just keep expanding the government.
Why do they keep expanding the government, Amanda? Is it that they don't believe in limiting its size like you and I do? Or is this just simply a problem? Because I get these emails all the time. Why, why, why? Did they never really believe in small government anyway? Or is it the people? Is it the people really don't because, really want small government? Because it's freaking tough. That's why. I, I think that they probably do believe that a smaller federal government is better for America as a whole. But I think they're too lazy to push back against, you know, I mean, even George W. George W. expanded our government what was it, 13% larger than it was from the previous administration? Republicans do it too. And its I don't think it's that they are speaking out of one side of their mouth, but they believe out of the other. I think it is that they are too lazy to push back against it because this has been the, the status quo. This has been the MO for the last 50 years, basically ever since, since civil rights. And expanding the government for Republicans is just something that they kind of, you know, they step in the water and instead of trying to swim upstream and go in the right direction, they're like, well, I'm already, you know, swimming with the rest of them. The stream's going that way. It's a lot easier to just hop on an inner tube and enjoy the ride. Amanda Head with the Hollywood Conservative. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. All right. We've got an absolute legend for you. No, not just me. Hang on. You know what's underrated about this day and age? We all complain about enough things, and I mean, there's plenty to complain about. There always is. What's underrated, though, is everybody has access to social media. Everybody has access to some sort of technology now, and there's the bad that comes with that. When everyone has access, you get a lot of dirt balls. But you know the good that comes with it? Lots of times, people don't have to go through the normal channels to put out content that is hilarious. And it's so funny when you see someone come out of nowhere. And I don't know if we'll ever hear from this guy again. I don't know who he is. I don't know if he's ever done anything before this is funny or will ever do anything after this that's funny. But for a brief 10, 20-second segment... This dude killed. Here he is. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. And please. It's the, the First Amendment. You just gotta look it up, Mr. Cummel. <sighs> That's as good as it gets. All right, we're gonna have a good week, y'all. See you tomorrow. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint and your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE that gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.